Hi, my name is Peter Maestri, and you're listening to Divorce the First Six Months. If you are someone who is about to go through a divorce, or maybe you're healing from one, then you're in the right place. This conversation and the stories you're going to listen to focus on people who have gone through a divorce, and more importantly, how they navigated through it. Having said that, let's get right into it. Hello, everybody. Um, welcome to Divorce the First Six. My name is Peter Maestri, and I'm going to be your host. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Jill Gulata, and she is a mother of two, divorced for two years, and she is amazing. You're going to learn a couple of things about her, like she's a divorce coach, and she's also a registered dietitian. So without further notice, let's meet Jill. How are you, Jill? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Are you kidding me? Thank you for being a yes to this conversation. It takes a big person, so we're glad to have you. Without further ado, I have a question for you. What were your first six months like? God, it's even hard to remember because I felt like I existed in a fog. Like I felt like I always say this idea of like treading water, like just trying to get through each day. Um, I was very angry and such a toxic feeling, but I was very angry. Um, I felt like with my ex, like, how could you do this? How could you let our family fail? How could you not work harder to save our marriage? Um, So there was a lot of anger and resentment. And it just felt very heavy and like a fog, like the day to day was like autopilot, just trying to get through. And I was very stuck in those first six months and for probably longer than that. But I just couldn't see outside of like, oh, my God, I failed and my marriage is over. And now what? What is stuck? Like what does stuck mean to you? Just like no forward movement, just spinning, like ruminating over the same thoughts. Well, how did, how did this happen? How could he do this? What am I going to do with my life? Like just spinning out and no plan to move forward. No even baby step to what do I do next? Just really sitting in these heavy negative emotions that were not productive at all, that were not problem solving at all. Like, what do I do next? What's the next step? How do I, you know, make sure I'm eating enough? Nothing. There was no forward progress. So I just felt stuck in those negative emotions and we're just ruminating and spinning in them instead of thinking about how do I put one foot in front of the other and start to rebuild or what does rebuilding even look like? Or even there was no even thought about rebuilding. So it was just like staying stuck in this idea that my marriage is over and all the negative thoughts that came with that. And what was it that you did that broke you free from that pattern? I think I finally, can, can I curse? Is that okay? <laughs> Whatever you want. Here. You can go <laughs> East Coast on this motherfucker. Uh, okay, yes. Got yeah, that yeah. F-bomb. <laughs> um, I honestly felt like I got sick of my own shit. Like I, I was playing this victim card. Why me? Poor me. Look at how much I'm struggling. Look at what a piece of shit my ex is. I'm doing everything on my own. I'm a single mom. I'm making, barely making it. Like it was so negative and so heavy. And I finally just like got sick of myself. I was like, what good am I doing here? I'm not creating anything better than this negative, toxic, heavy, victimized kind of being. That was my every day. And it was, it was even unhealthy. My weight, I was so thin. I wasn't taking care of myself. I didn't feel 
fully engaged in my kids' lives. Like they were getting taken care of, but like I wasn't enjoying them because I was in this fog. And I was like, I finally was like, what the fuck are you doing? And it was really this like aha moment. Like I'm sick of hearing you, Jill, like get the fuck over it, pull your pants up and like get your life together. Because if you don't start making changes and take steps to make this different, this is what it will be. And it was miserable. So it was just like a product of just getting sick of myself and my situation. I think part of the reason why I'm so passionate about the work that I'm doing is I had no guidance. I didn't have a roadmap. I I feel like we don't like, how do you, what are the steps that you actually do take to get yourself out of this rut and to move forward from your divorce? I had no, no one even in my circle. I was the first in this huge group of people to get divorced. So like, I didn't have anybody else to lean on and be like, what do I do here or how do I do it? So it was just a product of like, it's time, like do not stay stuck because this will be your life if you don't start making some changes. Do you remember the exact moment where you were when you had that aha moment? Sitting in my car. Mm -hmm. I do actually, that's a really good question. Um, At the time I was working at a, a big gym, Lifetime Fitness. I don't know if you guys have those or some, so they're everywhere. So somebody probably knows it. Um, I ran the nutrition department there and I just finished work and I was on my way to pick up the kids. And now like I'm doing everything, leaving in the middle of the day to get the kids at preschool, dropping the babysitter. This one's got to go here. This one, And I'm shot, shot, drained, tired, stressed, angry. And I remember getting off the phone with my ex about something that, and he like pissed me off. And I just like exploded on him. It was nasty. It was hostile. It was reactive. And I got off the call. I was like hysterically crying. And I was like, you can't keep living like this. You can't do this. You can't keep running on fumes and being drained and exhausted. And even worse, like carry on with so much anger. Like that anger was so toxic for me. And I was becoming this really nasty version of myself and I just didn't like it and I remember sitting in my car crying and was like enough is enough and this isn't even who you are anymore at this point like I was so angry and that anger was like starting to change my character and it was in that moment that I'm like I don't even like myself right now and this person I'm gonna let this person my ex like create my story and be the one that like like affects how my life goes. Like he's never going to be different and I'm going to keep playing into this and expecting different from him and getting pissed when he doesn't show up or do the right thing. And I'm like, I can change. I can't change him, but I can change and I need to change because I don't want to live like this anymore. And I don't want him to affect me the way that he had been affecting me when we first got separated. So you said something that's super important. Like you claimed your own power. You didn't allow him to dictate what was happening. You'd started to to say, okay, this is how life is going to go. Where do you draw? Sorry. No, go ahead. Where do I draw from? I think. Especially back then, because back then you're in, you know, you, like you said it, it's, it's, you're chasing the why you're doing all these things that don't produce any, any good results. So your frame of mind and everything. Give us a little I think it came from months and months of expecting him to do something different. And I'm like, this is like right after we got separated, I was like, had this, you know, he's going to fight for us and he's going to make it better. And he, and he continued to not. 
And I continued to get upset because I was expecting to act in a be- and behave in a way that he never had. And so it was like months and months of like me expecting him to be different when he wasn't different, me getting pissed off and this vicious cycle. And so it's, that was, I mean, I stayed, it it took very long time because I was like, he's going to change and he's going to make it better. And I was expecting him to change and make it better. And that what kind of, you know, was the influence on my mood. And I was like, after numerous, numerous, probably too many times of seeing like, that is not the case, Jill, was that aha moment. Like, okay, you need to accept he is never going to be different. And if you want your situation to be different, you have to accept that he's never changing and you need to start to change and you need to start to change how you react to what he's doing. Cause it was my reactions that were so toxic and so angry. And it was because I was setting these unrealistic expectations for his behavior or his choices or what I thought he should be doing. And every time he fell short or he'd let me down, I would get pissed. And so I started to be like, well, now it's my fault. It's my fault that I'm this angry and this hurt and this upset because he's never going to be different. And if you keep expecting something that's never going to happen, at some point you have to own that and say like, I'm part of this problem and I need to change that. And I, I'm a big believer that you, you're only in control of you and that's what you need to focus on. And if you're looking for anybody to con- like, control your, your feelings or your emotions, like you're putting them in the wrong hands. 100%. So when you're learning that, when you give up the expectations, do you stop blaming the person or do you continue to blame the person? And is there power in blaming? I don't think there's power in blaming because I think that doesn't allow you to focus inward and focus on yourself and actually move forward. I think I think it's important to accept who someone actually is and what they're showing you and not to recreate who this person is or what they're capable of. People show you who they are and it's on you to accept it. Um, I try really hard to acknowledge my role in things. Like I'm never going to be the person that sits there and be like, I didn't do anything. I it's, it's all you, it's your fault. However, there are like big things that you can't ignore that is somebody's doing. Um, So I can clearly say there's probably things in my marriage that maybe I could have done better, but I don't think I can also commonly say like, I'm not the reason that my marriage failed, but pointing blame anymore does nothing. So I have shifted my focus on myself, my kids, building a life for us that I'm in control of and looking backwards or pointing blame or still being upset by somebody else's actions has no place in that process. I love the fact that you said accepting and I'm going to come back to it, but I want to go back to expectations because we have expectations, right? As human beings, it's like our number one trait and we're experts at it, whether you practice it or not. What was, um, what was it that you learned about expectations that worked and that didn't work? for you inside of the marriage? Well, I feel like I'm still working on this whole expectation thing. Um, I remember we did, we did like the whole couples counseling thing. And um, my ex's issue was he was a pathological liar, especially around money. 
And so we're sitting in therapy and I feel like as a responsible adult, male or female, like you should pay your bills and tell the truth about it. And I remember sitting in therapy and she's like, you can't expect that of him. And I'm like, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. (laughs) Shouldn't you expect an adult to behave like an adult? She's like, you can want him to do that, but you can't expect him to. So that I have a hard time wrapping my head around. I think setting realistic expectations of the person becomes important. So you have to look at the person and what you're actually expecting from them, right? So my ex was somebody that is not a responsible adult that did not pay his bills, that was very irresponsible financially. Then it's on me to not, I can't expect that type of person to be financially responsible and pay their bills. Mm-hmm. So I think that becomes tricky because I think there's certain expectations you should have of people, but you have to be realistic about the person that you're having that expectation for. Does that make sense? It does. And you separated it when you said want or when you're, you're yeah, the therapist said want, because it is, it's like having an expectation is almost, that's your, what you want um, to occur, but as opposed to what, I break it up into want and need. So mm-hmm. I, I kind of use those two. And I and in my divorce, I did that. I said, what do I need and what do I want? And what I wanted was to be with her, but what I needed was to get out. And then once I defined that, it was like, you know, you kind of, once you distinguish that, you get power. So I do understand what you're saying. This conversation started because someone challenged me to be vulnerable. So I'm challenging you. Share yourself and your story. Be courageous, be vulnerable, it makes a difference.